Hello, White Rabbit. With whom are you talking today? Today I'm talking again with Archana, one of the Casa School guides working in Children's House. In this second part of the special Children's House Behind the Scenes episode, we continue our journey through the first day of a child in a Children's House classroom. This time, we go over things like handling goodbyes at the school's entrance, the classroom environment setup, and the differences between the morning and the afternoon work cycles. Enjoy! Trust me, parents, your child will be prepared, but you will be prepared more than your child. Yeah. So when the feeling about going to school is alive in your environment, that itself gives the child the first independence from the home environment. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. It, it didn't occur to me. I didn't do this. <laughs> but I, I can see the power of it. But tell me something then, because I think, you know, parents can do this. Yes. But I can also see that the, the child can ride on the on the excitement at the beginning. Yeah. And I also know, for example, if, if there is a storm, you know, you know this saying that if it is a stormy outside, it's going to be a stormy inside, inside the child. So there are going to be days that the child is going to be tired or, or emotional for whatever reason, and then he's going to be crying. So can you explain to parents... What do you do? Because, uh, you know, as a parent that is new, I would like to feel the comfort yeah. that, that my child is not going to be suffering psychologically the whole time yeah. that he's without me. Yeah. And you have st seen this many, many times. Yeah. So how, how is it? Firstly, congratulations, because you have taken the first step towards a huge independence that you're giving to your child, you know? you are separating her or him from the home environment and bringing him to a social environment. That's a huge step already. Yeah. This is a big environment involving 40 children or 45 children. It involves adults, two adults, three adults even. So welcome. The child is in this space. He or she is crying, wanting to go to mummy not wanting to hold another adult's hands, yeah. not wanting to be touched or carried by another adult. We see this, we have seen this, and we will see this because it's a common behavior of a child, okay? We comfort the child by telling him the fact. What facts do we tell him? This is your school. This is your classroom. You will be here for two hours. Mummy will come at 11 o'clock. We will never comfort the child by telling a lie. Some children are so fixated, they keep asking, is it 11 o'clock? Is it 11 o'clock? But it's just so reassuring for them yeah. to hear that mommy will come. Yeah. That's what we do. And then we tell them, you don't have to come next to me. You don't have to hold my hands, but you can find a place where you feel it's safe to sit. But you are not leaving the classroom because it's for you the first day. You know, imagine a child leaving the classroom yeah. and walking around the school without knowing the school. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't want to leave the child in a big ocean. Yeah. Class itself is a pond for them, right? Yeah. We often see that the child settles down in 15-20 minutes. They are ready to look up, look at you and have a chat with you. Right. You know, the crying comes down. They take a deep breath. We offer them water. We show them where they can drink. And the first two adjustment days helps us a lot in this process as well. Yeah. Yeah. And some children, they also choose to sit in the hallway of the classroom. Right. And it's fine. Yeah. 
it's it's a first step and we often go there and check is he okay is the child sitting does she want to drink something does she want to have a snack maybe you know and here we take the help of assistant guides who are a part of our classroom they help the child to settle down or to you know feel a part of the classroom by holding their hands walking around picking snack walking to the play yard with some children we go over the day we tell them now you're in the class it is work time children are working you are you will also work we will have lessons and then you can have snack time then you can go for play and then we will eat lunch and then mummy comes you know oh. we reassure them by telling them the routine some children is even more really crying so much that we cannot get their attention at all right you know that is a moment when we voluntarily take the child in our arms because we don't want the child to harm him him or herself because of this crying right yeah yeah so we take the child hug him or hold him or her sometimes offer them to sit next to us or sit on our lap for a couple of minutes we read a book for them we sing a song for them we see what makes them feel comfortable right right yeah. there was an incident last year this is a new child the trial days he was super happy yay this is my school i'm going to be here the first day he was so not okay to leave the mummy's hand to come inside and we don't know why because the trial day was just super cool right he cried and cried and cried and uh, there was no choice but to carry the child into the school when we carried him he kept saying ko nainch ko nainch so i was like are you talking about a rabbit he said yeah what do you want i asked him i want to feed a carrot to the conine in the outside work oh then he gave a carrot and, and he was so happy all right the next day he came to school with the carrot oh i see <laughs> so it settled him it settled him in his own way but he gave us a opening he expressed to us by saying conine cho conine cho. so we were able to ask him but it's true that we don't carry them shush them or uh, approach them in a baby manner we don't do that i was going to ask you about this because i have the feeling that by you keeping calm you are not amplifying that you know the emotion that he has so that way he can also let go of the emotion is this correct yeah we we really ensure that our um mood and our energy is settling and reassuring you know yeah. we are not anxious around them we receive their uh, uh, crying we receive their behavior we receive their uh, anxiety we receive their excitement so we are quite recipient but we do establish our boundary yeah you can cry but you cannot leave the class yeah. you know yeah you're allowed to look for mummy but you are not going to walk outside without me so this gives them freedom of emotions freedom of development with awareness of this is where i have to stop so we do that and how about the parents because the parent is used to a baby which is completely helpless and cannot communicate so the only thing that does is crying so 
it requires really a, a bit of a transition and learning for the parent that it is okay for the child to cry. In the present world, I think many parents are already aware that uh, uh, children's cry don't last longer. I think many readings, many research have given so many ideas about why children cry. Sometimes there is reason, sometimes there is no reason. Sometimes they cry because their lungs have to expand. Oh. So there are so many research and so many ideas why children cry. But one way we comfort parents is to tell them that if it is really beyond control, we will reach out to them. But that's never ever happened in my career of working with children in children's house. One and two, when they're settled, we often send a photo via our communication app which is Paro. Oh, we take a photo of children of the child who they left crying you know and we send it to them saying hey they settled it took about 20 minutes 30 minutes now they're okay no we always give them update so that is so thoughtful Archana. Yes. thank you you know i think that is indeed for the parents so they don't have to be stressed out about yeah uh, it's important only if they feel settled and trusted the child will also feel settled and trusted. That is very important indeed. Yeah. Especially if the child sees that the parent is stressed out living, the child is going to be even more stressed out. Yeah. It matters for the parent to remain calm and to yeah, trust yeah. that everything is going to be okay because that's something he's projecting towards the child. Yeah, we have seen different types of parents too. There are some parents who says bye-bye and goes away. Some parents who snuggle and cuddle until the child feels okay to go away. Some parents have three different moments of goodbye. One at the gate, one at the pink door, one at the window. You know, yeah. some parents have um, uh, a way saying, hey, I will watch until you walk inside and then I will go. So there are different ways. But I think what is most important is to keep the goodbye logical. Yeah. Have a very clear routine with a goodbye. But please try not to carry them because they are not babies yet. They can walk very well. Yeah. If you walk them into school, they will feel like they can walk into the class. Yeah. This is something I've seen with many parents. If you carry the child, the motivation for them to walk is not coming when they're at the gate of the school. Oh, I see what you mean. So uh, they would expect that they will be carried into the class as well. And then they're stranded at the door, not knowing what to do. You know, some parents tell me, yeah, but he's crying a lot in the car. He would never get off the car. What can I do? Yeah, I understand that you have to take him off the car seat. But you should be aware the minute he comes across the door, we encourage him to really walk by himself because that gives him the independence he needs to master. Recently, like two days ago, we had a new child coming. The dad carried him in and then he began to cry when the dad left. But as soon as the dad left, we brought him to the class. We let him cry. And then he said, I want to cry in the hallway. He went back to the hallway. He was crying. But in about 15 minutes, when he saw other children coming into the classroom, he just accompanied another child in the classroom. And our strength is our older children, you know. Yeah. When a three-year-old child comes in, this six or five-year-old goes to that child and says, I can walk with you. Yeah. And I think many parents have told me, yeah, when my child walks with that child, she's very calm. Nice. I think that's the strength of Montessori classroom as well. Right. Okay. So now that the child has come to the classroom, 
what happens to him the first day? What are you going to do with him? Probably the first day he's overstimulated by seeing so many children around him and so many activity around him. The one thing we ensure or we want to ensure is a calm workspace for everybody. So this child is not overwhelmed with uh, busyness or noisiness around him, right? Children are busy having lessons and working with their activities. When the child is new, we show him things that are around the class. We introduce him to the environment. We walk around with him. We take him to the book corner. We show him where to use the toilet. We show him where to go when he wants to drink water. We show him where he can sit if he feels he's tired. Yeah. And we also show him that he has three other activities that he can visit apart from the classroom. So uh, we have a classroom environment that is set up for learning. We have in the classroom environment a practical life area, a sensorial education, cosmic education, math, language, book corner, snack corner, art and expression areas inside a classroom. Apart from this, we have three other activities that are attached to the classroom and that is physical education so we have a gymnastics room inside the school we have an outdoor area where children can work on carrying animals giving them food petting them caring for plants growing new plants uh, pruning them and cutting them and taking care of them through the autumn and winter we also have outdoor activities like hammering screwing nailing pulling water or pulling sand through a lever so these are the activities that they do in the outdoor environment and then we have an attached music activity where children can go in to read uh, to have music lessons with instruments not like piano saxophone not not big instruments yeah. but childlike instruments like a rattle uh, um, what's that beautiful triangle name? A triangle, but also a beautiful African musical instrument. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maracas. Maracas, yeah. Maracas, uh, xylophone. These are the things that they use in the music room. Uh, we also have an artelier that is in function, but the artelier, because children have a lot of art and expression activity inside the class, we limit the usage of artelier now. Apart from this, the children's house library is open thrice a week or where children can go to pick books that they want to read in the classroom. Okay. So these are attached to the classroom. So we take the child, we introduce the child to these things, not all at once, one thing at a time and see how the child is responding to us. We always count on the child's response and reactiveness so we can give the child more. Some children are open and curious to know what are the activities that we've laid out in the class. So imagine you're walking into a room and you see that there are four or five corners in the room and every corner has about four or five shelves with activities laid out in the shelf. Mm -hmm. And then you go to an activity, you pick up that activity and then you don't know what to do because inside that box you have maybe colors, you have maybe triangles, you have maybe counting beads or just beads and you don't know what it's used for. So the teacher is always there to tell the child, hey, I'm going to show you how to do this work or how to work with this box. And that showing you is the moment when we give a lesson to a child. 
so that happens from day one but in a very gentle manner looking at what the child is open for and what the child is not open for well that's very cool because indeed is the initiative of the child you're gonna wait to see what is triggering his interest absolutely and then when you see that then is when you come and it's like hey let me show you how this works yeah and Perhaps another activity that I, I really liked is going to the toilet. Can we talk about that as well? Yes, please. I mean, I think that's important part of human development, right? Yeah. And it is a lot of... Uh, we often think toilet independence is only about going to the toilet, but the research and also our observation has told us that toilet independence is about psychological independence for children. So... Attached to the classroom, we have toilets and the toilets are child-sized toilets yeah. uh, that they can sit and come off the closet by themselves. So that's how small it is. In a classroom, we have 40 children. Everybody may want to pee at the same time or nobody wants to pee. Yeah. Okay. So, but we only have three commodes. So three children can visit the toilet at the same time. How do we regulate this? So we have a, a ribbon a ribbon attached with beads, right. okay? The, we call it a bead chain, a toilet chain, basically. So they can take the toilet chain to go to, to visit the toilet. If there is no toilet chain hanging there, that means the toilet is busy. Right. Then you have to wait. If you forget, if a child forgets to take the toilet chain, <laughs> we often see an older child taking the toilet chain and giving to the child, hey, you forgot the chain. Oh, how nice. So we know that when the chain is not hanging over there, the toilet is busy. Right. For a three-year-old, right from the day they come in, we practice them by giving the chain to go to the toilet. And some children are very aware of their toilet needs. They visit toilet every now and then or whenever they feel the urge to visit. But for some children... We take the help of our assistant guide and they keep an eye on all the new children every 30 minutes or every 45 minutes. We encourage them to visit the toilet and especially after snacking, after lunch, before playtime, after playtime, before home time. These five times we do always take the children to visit the toilet. Interesting. That's very nice to know because I think parents can adopt this approach as well at home. Yeah, I think always it's it's about what works for you in the most logical way, you mm -hmm. know. Are you going to a restaurant? Are you planning to go to a restaurant? As soon as you put on your shoes, ask the child, do you want to go to the toilet? Yeah. Shall we try visiting the toilet? You don't have to necessarily pee. Visit the toilet. You know, if you make this a routine, a part of a, your routine, then I think it, it is just part of your living. Right. And uh, how long it takes for a child to get adjusted to the classroom, you would say, on average? It really depends on the child. It depends on where the child is coming from. Has the child been exposed to an outdoor environment before? Has the child been uh, separated from the home environment, you know? Mm -hmm. And it also depends on what sort of, the, of a relationship the child is building with the teacher in the class. These are something, factors that it depends on. But I often see about a week or two, mostly they're settled, mostly. Right. Yeah. And how about 
the difference between the morning and in the afternoons because you have two packages at casa right so yes. there are children that only come for the school hours let's say and then there are other children that also stay for after, after school after yeah. school care so is there a difference on the activities that the child is going to do in the morning and in the afternoon no um i'll tell you why okay we call the morning work cycle between 8:30 and 11:30 half past 8 and half past 11 it's the morning work cycle mm-hmm. and then we go go have a play time and then we have lunch and then we come back to class and we have a small extended work cycle we do a circle time basically in the extended work cycle and then we have the children with only the school package to go home the rest of the children who are signed up for after school care stays in the classroom for the after school that begins at 2 o'clock and the after school care on monday tuesday and thursday happens in their respective classroom the after school care is also supported by a guide and an assistant teacher the role of the guide here is to have an extended work cycle between 2 and 4 o'clock So what do they do between 2 and 4 o'clock? The amount of children in the after school care is lesser than the morning work cycle. So it gives the room for the teacher to uh have group lessons or to do uh a elaborated activity in the after school care, but pretty much we call it as the afternoon work cycle at our school. Mm-hmm. And after 4 o'clock children are invited to play in the front yard. and then have a snack and between 5 and 6 parents walk in to pick up so by 5 half past 5 i almost see that half of the group is being picked up yeah what happens on wednesday and friday is that children who are signed up for the after school care would be put together because on wednesday and friday many many children have only the morning yeah. they have activities like legos uh, they have building blocks uh or they play with trains b- blocks or art activities and they again have snack they play outside and then they are picked up right. so the snacking playing outside and picking up is the same on all five days but just the afternoon work cycle is a little bit different on monday tuesday thursday and wednesday and friday so archana it's been such a pleasure thank you for this this uh, nice journey i think it was a great um, introduction for a first parent and i can see that we could have a full season only in children's house going yeah. into all the details but yeah for now thank you very much thank you hey if you enjoyed this episode stay tuned for the next one in which i'm talking to Jasmine the team lead of the toddlers group and of course feel free to drop me an email to casastories@casaschool.nl If you have any comments, questions or suggestions for improvement, hasta pronto.